It is Friday. We made it. The finish line is in sight. Pat yourself on the back. Andrew and I are here in the studio, a.k.a. our living room in beautiful North Lake, Texas. For those tuning in, thank you. We really appreciate that. On today's episode, we talk about some heartbreaking sports moments in light of the Houston Texans blowing their Monday night opener against the New Orleans Saints. We look back on some uh, some times where we questioned whether or not we actually needed to watch sports and if they had a place in our life. In segments, we look at some less than stellar human beings, including some administrators who took food out of one of their students' mouths all over a measly $9.00 and some racist football fans who decided that it was appropriate to neg one of their own. Alright, let's dive in. Alright, it is Thursday afternoon. 4 o'clock Central Standard Time. Andrew and I are kind of dragging ass. It has been a strange week, to say the least. Let me tell you guys a story. Monday night, Andrew and I are watching the Texans and Saints game. Andrew's being a pal. I watched the Cowboys game with him. He decided he was going to watch the Texans game with me. What a friend. He goes. I don't, to- I don't regret it. It was good. It was a great game. It was a great game, as long as you're not a Texans fan. But if you're a football fan, fantastic. He goes to bed after the Saints seem to ice the game late fourth quarter. It was uh, less than two minutes left. Texans were getting the ball back, and they were down by four points. And they hadn't really been looking good, like leading up to that. I don't think they're down by four. I think they're down by down by uh, three. Six. Yeah, yeah, we're only leading by one. Math. Yeah, we're but tails all the time. To me, it was over. Y'all were kind of dragging, and the Saints were—they were driving on you. you got, it just—it it was, wasn't worth it. I was going to bed. It was over, for all intents and purposes. The game was over. So you go to bed. You have work at four thirty the next morning. It's around nine forty-five, ten o'clock. I, being a cold-blooded, red-blooded American Texans fan, I continue to watch the game. And that's the end of the Texan accent. Thank God. <laughs> and the Texans proceed to score in two plays and take the lead. I am ecstatic, losing my shit. So I walk back into the apartment. I don't want to say walk. I strut back into the apartment because I am riding high. I make sure Andrew's still awake. And to my pleasant surprise, he was. So I say, hey, dude, you still up? Wait for the, yeah, why, what's going on? Like, Texans just won the game. He's like, what? No, they didn't. He gets up, comes outside with me, and we watch as my heart gets ripped to shreds, and Drew Brees completes an insane comeback capped by a 57-yard field goal with zero time remaining. And the Saints just trample over the Texans and my heart but on the flip side of that, I woke my roommate up and you've been a little sleep deprived as of late. I've been a little sleep deprived as of late. We've had a hellacious couple of, I guess today's the seven day anniversary. There's a week's 
anniversary of the incident. <laughs> the incident. For, for those that don't know, I wrecked Andrew's car while he was in Chicago, and that has been such a headache to get to get figured out. But we think we have everything under control. I have a car right now, not my own car, but it's a car that is probably $20,000 nicer than anything I've ever owned. But because I decided to wake you up, you didn't go to sleep until... What she two was o'clock? Like two o'clock when I could fall back. Asleep. And he had to be awake at three thirty. It was a very strange night though because I too was not sleeping. I heard you get up, and you sounded a little agitated. I come out to our common area, and the look of despair and dread in your eyes made me think back to when we were young pups, twenty one and twenty two. When we would walk into our uh, our appliance sales jobs and just you know casually say, "Oh yeah, dude, I pulled an all nighter the night before. I have zero sleep," and it was funny, and we were able to roll with it. And then we would see each other out the next night, or we'd be at the we'd be at, we'd be at the same party. Yeah, we could do that back then. What the hell has happened to us? What is going on? I think it's just like somebody used to tell me when, whenever you hit twenty four, that's when you're just you're done going out, or even. I thought I hit it when I was 22. I was like, I'm not going to the bars anymore. I'm good. I did everything I can, but I just can't. I can't function on that. I'm customer facing at 4:30 in the morning. That was the worst day at my brand new store. Oh no, no, wait. It was, it was my second day at my new store, and I had to be customer facing for all eight hours. I was there and just be like, oh, this is this is fine. This is great. As you're just crying through your glasses and the circles under your eyes just become bigger and more pronounced. But it's crazy to me, man. And unfortunately, the next night, same thing happens. You know, you go to bed at a reasonable hour. I wake up to a text from you at 1230 saying, I'm losing my mind. I don't know what is happening. So you had two consecutive nights where you slept less than two, three hours. Yeah, less than three for sure. That was that was rough. I think uh, getting older gives you sleep problems. So do you think this whole six to eight hours of sleep thing, there's some validity to it? I didn't used to think so, man. But honestly, working at 4.30 in the morning, I think I've gone to bed at 8.30, which is eight hours right there. No, that's eight hours if I were to include going there. So I'd have to go to bed at 7.30 at night in order to get to work at 4.30 in the morning and have eight hours of sleep and be able to like actually get ready in the morning. Adulting is hard. We're washed. We are so washed up. We're not prepared for this. We are definitely not prepared for this. I had class the next day after this little uh, predicament. And I got to tell you, I I was not I was not playing my A game. I was, yeah, I've already kind of put my foot in my mouth a couple of times during class this semester because I'm in a couple of classes where nobody wants to talk. The professor will say something and ask a question and no, I'm looking around the room like, come on, guys. Like, what are we doing? Let's like, we're all in this together. Let's go. But nobody says anything. I feel bad. I answer the question. Inevitably, I'm wrong. I'm, I think, I think I told you the last time or two times ago when we recorded that I went one for six with questions in a, in a single class period. I think on Tuesday, I went 0 for seven. It was so bad. Professor, he appreciated the effort. He said, he basically hit me with a good try, good effort, but I think it's all linked back to the fact that I did not sleep at all. And I got to tell you, of all the things that suck about getting older, that's got to be the worst. There's Needing 10 hours of sleep? Needing 8 to 10 hours of sleep. There's not enough time to get 8 to 10 hours of sleep. What the hell? What happened to this 
energy we used to have. It sucks. I'm bummed. I'm bummed. Almost as bummed as I was when the Texans lost that game on Monday night. <laughs> Maybe you should just stop watching sports. I think that might that might be something to look into. But I gotta ask you, why do we why do we do this to ourselves? I would consider us to be both pretty big sports fans, yeah? Yeah. I mean, you more than me emotionally. So you're sort of an NBA fanatic. Uh, big Mavs guy, big Detroit Pistons guy now, because there's some money attached to it. Griffin guy <laughs> that is rooting for the Pistons because and he's on them. As of six hours ago, big ISO Joe, Joe Johnson, signing with the Detroit Pistons. Do you remember? I actually said that on a pod. I told you it's a big deal. He might be working uh-huh. out with three teams, but now he's with the Pistons. You called that. And he's he's... A good bench player, a good old vet. When Woj reported that or dropped that, he should have credited you in that break. I think I broke it first. That's all I'm saying. But look, I don't know what happened to you to become a sports fan. I don't know. There's some like formative experience that you had to where you were like, yeah, this makes sense. Basketball is so freaking rad. Sports are awesome. I am so here for this. I... I'm in. I am all in. This is going to be my hobby of choice. This is what I'm going to sit down to watch at night. Why couldn't we pick something that wasn't going to break us break us down? Well, honestly, I didn't ever think that I'd be as invested in sports as I am now. Uh, but it's it's even even in the disappointing moments, it's a story. Like now, you have a great story about how you watched your Texans get their ass kicked by the Saints in the end. So great, such a great story. But you're, you're like, because you're all a big, you're a big like, we got to follow the team and go through the heartbreaks and everything. So, i.e., a traditional guys, sports fan. Yeah, okay, the wrong kind of sports fan. But <laughs> if you get to the championship this year, you get to the you, you get to the Super Bowl, you're gonna be like, well, I remember Week One crying on the porch or whatever you were doing. You looked like you were crying a little bit. I gotta be honest. <laughs> uh you, you'll remember that, right? You got the investment. I guess, but at what cost? Because at this point, I'm going to be 60 years old. I'm going to be walking down the street, and all of a sudden, I'm going to have an aneurysm. And when I'm lying in my deathbed surrounded by, I was going to say, my, uh, I might <laughs> everyone who cares about me, <laughs> the nursing staff, I guess. And they're saying, Jesse, what's your biggest regret in life? Watching sports. I can look back and say being a fan of Houston sports. That has got to be it. That is going to be, I think I might be the first person to die directly as a cause of the mental anguish and heartbreak from Houston-based sports. Maybe you need to find a new hobby. Have you looked into woodworking? I could be a Ron Knitting. Swanson. I don't think my facial hair is strong enough to be Ron Swanson. Your what do you facial think? hair is non-existent, so yeah. Uh, excuse me. I don't know if, I don't know if you can see this, uh, but it's, it's coming along quite nicely. I'm pretty sure you're supposed to hit puberty before you're 20. <laughs> That's so freaking mean. Uh, true, but uncalled for. All in the same. But honestly, man, sports, I'm kind of getting to this age. And I know a lot of people who I talk to, even on a daily basis now that I'm back in school, they're not sports fans. And we we have these conversations about how you occupy your time and what you choose to be invested in and entertained by. Do you think there's a point where you realize that it's really just not worth the struggle and the heartbreak? Or are we are we just doomed to repeat this I for the rest the heart- of our lives? I love the heartbreak part of it. I don't know. Because uh, playing video so games and, and trying, so to, trying to stream on Twitch or whatever, it just doesn't <laughs> seem like that's going to be something that, uh, that I could enjoy doing. Even the heartbreak of watching the Mavs lose in, in the finals or something, like it, it would be worth it. I don't know. 
I, I, we were just talking about this. I feel like it's like you're in a cult, right? So I don't know if you've read these stories about these people who escape cults, but they always talk about like breaking free and being exposed to the rest of the world and the secular world outside of your religious cult. And they say how cathartic it is and how eye-opening it is. Maybe we should just pursue something else. I don't know what that is, but I might be entertaining it. We could get girlfriends. That would be a step in the right direction. No, 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 no. That's not until I'm 35. I have a a, uh, life plan that's completely mapped out. Girls, not in until 35. I thought you meant ever. I was like, well, (laughs) I did not know that, but it was interesting. But no, like all kidding aside, it I feel I feel kind of bad because you know watching or listening to you root around the apartment after not sleeping at all because I heard you like kind of we, you, you know we share a wall. I threw I threw my pillow at my cat. That was that was my that was my losing. Dude, my, your cat was losing his shit. It's because I think because if I keep waking up, he's not going to stay. He with me. sensed the displeasure in the apartment. He knew both of these guys are in bad moods. They're not sleeping, so I'm going to get in a bad mood. I'm going to vocalize <laughs> my bad mood. Son of a bitch, your cat man. I thought I I was concerned. I was concerned, but this is me. Credit to me. I'm extending an olive branch and saying I'm sorry. I say I think you might be the cause of this. So yeah, I would like to sorry. I feel like I'm convincing you of this. And you're like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah, this is, this is all your fault. Someone actually told me it might be the stress of, and the exact quote said everything you're going through. And I was like, wait, <laughs> I think being friends with Jesse is the reason I can't I'm, sleep anymore. I'm the root cause of all of your distress. You don't? Do you actually mean that? Oh, did you just cry on the podcast? I don't cry, dude. I don't cry unless it's about sports. Then I'll cry. But no, it's been a. It's been a tough week. This is, I guess, this is your, uh, not to stay too much on brand, but I guess this is your mid-20s. I wish you would never say our title in that voice again. What? That was my voice. That's just how I talk. That's Living in your mid-20s, is like, I think we've talked about it on three straight pods now, shows you're, you're not invincible and you have to actually be a healthy adult. You can't stay up all night, go to class, go to work sleep for an hour and go out that next night and, and we stink was fine the next we day. stink was funny man like we'd see each other at fry on fridays occasionally because you d- you didn't go nearly as much as i did um i was we, a good student <laughs> uh rude i was a above average student when i was 21 uh but we'd see each other and be like dude don't we don't we both open them we're like yeah and you know we'd see each other the next morning be like yeah i got like three hours of sleep and we'd go and do our jobs and it'd be just fine like we could cope with it now no, you need your eight hours. And apparently there's something to eating green vegetables and drinking a lot of water. And- yeah, we've been really off the register with eating right and work and working out. Camp Gladiator hasn't happened in a few weeks. Although I did hurt my back, which I also blame mm-hmm. you for. Um, what? Wait, what? <laughs> I just blame the, the, pres- is the stress you the put on The fact that but- I intru- reintroduced you to disc golf. Exactly. That's, that's it. So I, I just think as you get older, you, you really do. You have to be healthier. Live a healthy lifestyle. Maybe we should start that now. What if you don't, though? I've seen those people. They What's shop the at Walmart? worst thing that can happen? I just went to Walmart. <laughs> exactly. Oh my God, are you saying that it's already happening? I'm transitioning to the people of Walmart. I've seen the people of Walmart, man. That's that's the people that don't live their healthy life after they turn 22. That's that's where you have to start it. Well, that's uh, that's where we're at. It's been it's been a week. It's been a couple of weeks. We are, uh, but you know. I said this on the last pod. We're speaking it into the universe. So now it's like a voodoo doll. We're just stabbing the voodoo doll with all this shit. So we're now going to 
burn the voodoo doll. And next time we record, we're going to come on and tell everybody how awesome our lives have been because we had this segment. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back to talk about some more heartbreaking sports moments. So I remember laying in bed Monday night after your uh, just heartbreak. I won't harp too much on it. Uh, and, and then I was just thinking about other times because I couldn't sleep. So what else am I going to do? Thinking about other depressing things. Maybe this is why I couldn't sleep. I was thinking of other times that sports have just made me depressed or disappointed. Would you like to the point where you like, I was saying where I don't even want to watch sports. Right. Yeah. Right. So I thought of this and I I know some of these, you might have to come up with on the, off the top of your head, but uh, I'm going to share at least my first one on the most disappointing moments I've had in sports. Uh, And this one really hits home because uh, Dallas and it's super obvious, but you remember, where, where were you when the Des Cotted thing happened? I was in my apartment watching it with a couple of Cowboys fans. I still remember exactly what, I, honestly, exactly what I was wearing. I remember the moment completely because it, I thought it was hilarious, frankly. I mean, obviously not if you're a Cowboys fan, but yeah. Where so I was, I was actually in New York at uh my minute like it was my fraternity's conference in new uh-huh. york uh but i think we were actually in new jersey still like we were on the way to new york but we stopped at rutgers i uh, watched that game and i remember i was so it was the first real season where i was like the cowboys are really it like they're doing it i'd even placed a bet with someone on the lions game before and won it was this when romo was at his like the top of his game uh, i mean one of his best seasons yeah. for sure i think we were 13 and 3 that season uh, like we we were just doing phenomenal everything. And then it got just taken away for a not a bad call. They played it. They called it exactly how the rule book wrote it. Just a bad rule. Bad rule. More Roger Goodell ruining sports for me, man. So I, I actually have already prepared a top three. I'm sorry if you didn't, but this would be my number one. I know I'm out of order, but that was for the entire city of Dallas. We were this close. We were so close all for... An amazing catch rule to non-catch. Unfortunately, it's one of those highlights that you can be just perusing sports in on any given Sunday, and there it is. For yeah. some reason, it's just iconic. It's Rodgers. You know, obviously that game was incredible. I, I know that a lot of Cowboys fans think that if y'all had won that game, you would have proceeded to the Super Bowl. And I have to say... I kind of agree. Not just to the Super Bowl, but I think you would have won the Super Bowl that season, which is so tragic because Tony Romo, his legacy is that he never won the big game. And I can't believe, again, dude, two podcasts in a row that I'm admitting this and admitting that the Cowboys aren't necessarily all that terrible. I think it was a catch. Again, the rule was just wrong. And they've, they've revised it a little bit, but in that moment... I remember thinking it was the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life because it's just, you go from, the the thing about sports is you go from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows in the, the snap of a finger in a millisecond. And in that moment, you're watching it thinking, that's a catch, we're, we're going to win this freaking game. Just have it called back. It's brutal. It's brutal. Well, it didn't make a lot of sense for me. Uh, but at the end of the day, Dez is gone now, which is sad. But the Cowboys are back. So it's I'm only taken uh, five years. Hey, we were back last year. Thank you, sir. 
Uh, <laughs> right. And we made it further than you guys did. What in is the playoffs? Why would you do that to me? <laughs> I'll go. So Oh, you already I, have them. This I'll is let quick. you I'll let you go off on me for this one because as a big basketball fan, you're gonna remember this one. Uh, I think it was 2013. 2014? 2014. NBA playoffs, first round. Houston Rockets are down three to two to the Portland Trail Blazers. I think it was 98-98. I do remember this game. Damian Lillard gets a pass. I don't know if it was even 98-98 because I think they needed the three. I I think it was a tie game. I thought it was a tie game. I don't know for sure. I've tried to wipe it from my memory, but he gets out of an inbounds, a wide open look at three. With, With less than a second left, I believe. He just nails it. Just absolutely buries a stake in my freaking heart. The story behind experiencing this moment, because I feel like with all these heartbreaking moments, you really remember where you were. Like you, you knew exactly where you were with the desk caught it. I was at a party for my fraternity. I'd been watching the entire game and I went outside for probably to grab a beer or something. And I was trying to go back inside when a drunk alumni or drunk alum, if we're being uh, technically correct, pulls me aside and he's like, "You're a uh, you're Jesse, right?" Oh, here comes the Texan accent again. He was this hick from Flower Mound, Texas, and I did not like him at all. I didn't like him at all. In that moment, I'd heard the story. She's like, "You're Jesse Brackeen, right?" I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "I want to talk to you about your relationship with this fraternity and about." what your legacy is going to mean and how you have to carry it on, blah, blah, blah. And meanwhile, I'm just trying to get out of the conversation because it's a close game. We have to win this game to go to, to you know, push well, the game. It was game seven, right? It, no, this was game, this was game, yeah, this was game six. Yeah, okay. No, this was game six. They so we're trying to force it. a game seven. Yeah, there you go. And it looked like the Rockets were going to. So I'm just trying to like get back inside. About 15 seconds in the conversation, I realized this is not one of those conversations that I'm going to be able to get out of. And I think we've all been there to where you try to give the vocal cues and your body language is like basically telling the other member of this conversation that you want to be anywhere else but in that conversation in that moment. I don't know if the same can be said for you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, mostly older people. Mm -hmm. Older people don't catch on to the social cues. They just don't pick up on it, man. So anyway, I had to find out about this three-pointer from Twitter. You didn't watch it live? Did not watch it live. Oh. I kept, I was, you know, uh, when you're just like waiting for something to happen on Twitter, you keep scrolling up, scrolling down, scrolling down, scrolling down, scrolling down. I scrolled down after a couple of seconds and my feed was just lit up with dame, 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 dame. Do you know how many times I've watched that inbound buzzer beater in slow motion? Because probably more than me. Of how, I think he had less than a second. I don't know how he released it that fast. It was perfect. It dude. was his defining moment in basketball. I know it comes at your expense, but my God, that was that was I basketball. Still don't know how he was that open. If you're just a pure basketball fan and you have no rooting interest, that's a great moment. That's, yeah, well, see, that's mine. See, I had no rooting interest in yeah. that. I loved it. It was tough for me, but you know what? All's well that ends well because it could be worse. I could be a Dallas Mavericks fan. Well, it, to be fair. This actually leads in perfectly to my next one uh, because your Rockets are the ones that ruined it for me. I was not always just a Mavs fan. 
I was more of a Clippers fan for a while because I do love Blake Griffin and Chris Paul together. Do you know a year later? Do you remember what you did? I do, but I would like to hear it from your I remember watching it, and it was over several days, so it's not just one moment. It was this breakdown of the Clippers. I think it was the, I believe it was the first round. I might be completely wrong, but I'm like 99% sure. First round, they beat your Rockets like no one's business. 3-1, they're up. They're, They're going into game four, or sorry, game five, rather. Chris Paul comes down with a hamstring injury. I'm like, okay, well, uh, we still have DeAndre Jordan. We still got Blake Griffin. We're good. We're going to get there. Luck and Bob Mute. Like, we have some shooters. Like, we're all fine. And then we lose game five. Or they lose game five. I guess I'm not a fan of their team anymore. And I'm like, oh, well, crap. That's not good. But we still got two more chances. Then Blake Griffin is announced to have been injured. He's still playing, but he's injured. I think he hurt his toe. And then they lose game six. And then they lose game seven. And then I have to see you, and you're just so excited about it, and nothing. Injuries completely ruined that Clippers team that year, although, of course, they had an excuse every year, I know, but they completely ruined them, and y'all came back from 3-1 with, I'm pretty sure you still had Dwight Howard on the team. Maybe so, Jeremy Lin? Wait, were the, were the Clippers the first example of don't let this distract you from the fact that the Clippers blew a 3-1 lead? They were the Warriors before the Warriors, man. Well, they were not the first ones to blow a three-one lead. They're the first. They, the Warriors were the first to blow a three-one lead in the finals. Uh-huh. A three-one lead in the first oh, round is not as right. impressive it's to not blow. Nearly, nearly as devastating. But it was devastating to watch because they were good. They were they were winning. They were they were all over the Rockets. So like you nothing. you have firsthand experience with Chris Paul being an injury plagued buffoon. Oh God, my first team I ever watched. That is just. He's he's like he was he's like fifty at the age of twenty six. So it's just injuries, 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 and that's it. Cost us, man. At least your team wasn't dumb enough to sign him to this mega extension <laughs> four years after the fact. That's got to be the second worst contract in the NBA right now. Okay, well, yeah, it, yes. I was I trying agree. to think of a worse one. I know that there's got to be one out there. That's I mean that's up there. But that's definitely up there as top top three. One of these contracts that was signed in the offseason is going to be eventually, but right now, Chris Paul's contract. I mean, this is the, arguably the first versus Russell Westbrooks, but that's neither here nor there. My uh my second is and we're gonna talk baseball. So I'm gonna I'm gonna educate you. I I'm gonna head out. <laughs> Oh, 2005. The Houston Astros are facing the St. Louis Cardinals in the National League Championship Series. Astros are on the front steps to a World Series berth. 4-2, bottom of the ninth inning. Me being an 11-year-old child addicted to the great game of baseball. I am shitting myself. I was such a spaz as a kid. I got to be honest. Like my 11 year old Jesse was probably should have been institutionalized. But anyway, my parents had to deal with that. Uh, I'm watching this game. Like I said, four to two. There's no way you can lose. Two outs. Two men on. Albert Pujols. You know Albert Pujols, right? Actually, when I... When you started, I I thought that this was going to be against the Rangers because I thought that he just always had played on the Rangers back then. But that shows my baseball knowledge. So 
Brad Lidge, who up to this point, he was our closer, had been Iceman. Just ice in his veins, one of the best closers in the game. Just delivers a fastball right down, essentially right down the middle. I don't, I don't even, I don't even remember. I think it was a fastball, or might have been a changeup, but it was basically right down the middle. And this dude hit a baseball harder than I have ever seen a baseball hit above the Crawford boxes onto the train tracks. There's still a running joke in Houston that. The ball still hasn't landed, which let me tell you, real knee slapper, folks. Very original. Doesn't give me PTSD at all. But um, yeah, I went to the point of thinking this is going to be the first time I'm going to see a World Series to holy crap, we have to delay this. And we ended up winning the next game. But I recall very vividly that after that home run, it was it just felt different. It felt like this team is very vulnerable. And it turns out Brad Lidge was a bit of a uh, liability. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was never the same after that home run. And I just remember, like I said, the most devastating points of being a sports fan are when you go from that that absolute top of the mountain to the bottom of the valley. And that's one of those where you just hit that in a, a split second. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Rangers have also been one out away from a, from a World Series. Nelson Cruz, baby. Twice, right? Nelson Cruz, yeah. So that's why I'm so glad I've not been a baseball fan up until now. But watching, uh, at least you guys won the series. True. Right. So that's a disappointing game. Yeah. But the series overall. It was, uh, and it's compounded by the fact, I think that as my, the best years of my fandom for the Astros were probably when I was still playing baseball. And, you know, you, you know me, you're my roommate. I, I would still consider myself to be a fanatic, uh, very invested in the Astros. But when I was still playing select baseball, it just was a little different because I still thought that there was a chance that I could play baseball professionally like a freaking idiot. How's that working out? So good. So good. <laughs> Give me two more years. I'll be there. Uh, two more years. But it was just very, it was very devastating. It's one of those moments that my mind immediately goes back to, even if uh, n- none of my favorite teams are playing and a team goes through an experience that's heartbreaking and sad my mind immediately goes back to that moment. It was brutal. It was brutal. Enough about the Astros. Let me get one more in. This is not as personal. It just was so disappointing to watch that it really made me not as invested in sports for a while because it was all for the money. But that Pacquiao Mayweather fight a few years ago, do you remember that? Did you watch that live? I watched it, unfortunately. Okay, cool. Well, I watched and paid for it. Didn't you watch that at your fraternity? I did, uh, but it was... It was not in the budget for the fraternity to pay for it. So, so you footed the bill. I footed the bill. What a guy. Was trying to be nice. And the after an hour, our, we watched it for an, and the entire hour was just was just Pacquiao trying to catch Mayweather and Mayweather scoring all these points, playing it exactly by the rules. They did this for so much money, all of this for just such a disappointing end. You know, and while I'm not a big boxing guy, not a big fighting guy, none of that it was such an anticipated event and it kind of showed sports being not staged, but just, and I know it's for the money, but it is for the money there. And it was so disappointing because I've never been so excited to watch a new sport, a sport that I didn't really keep up with for it to just be completely awful and just uninspiring. You know, it makes it even worse. Mm. The fact that a dude like Mayweather, who is a certified piece of shit, can't even read. (laughs) He can't even read. But he's one of the worst people in sports. 
but he is just he just took your money dude but also if you're listening floyd mayweather i didn't mean anything uh please don't come after me we you know floyd uh we'll let you on the pod and we <laughs> might only make you read goodnight moon you, you know say, that's we, it are we that's it on a script because it's not gonna go very well <laughs> God, we're such dicks. What is your third one? Go ahead. Um, so Matt Schaub, uh, he was a former quarterback for the Houston Texans. And the Texans have been a franchise of disappointment, sadness, and overall, at this point, uh, uh, despair. Uh, not to sound dramatic. Not to sound dramatic. Oh, hello, phone. But they have done nothing that makes me happy. However, Matt Schaub was the first quarterback the Texans had that made you think this guy could be it. Hold on real quick. How many quarterbacks have you had in like the last 10 years? Oh, gosh. Um, uh, probably about a dozen. Almost as many as the Browns. I could I could try to go and name them all, but I don't, I don't think I'd miss them. I, can I think feel like of, it's a bunch of people that are now backups on other people's teams. Before Deshaun, there was a, there was a stretch where we had like five or six guys who who were who were playing. I mean, I'm not going to go through and list them all off, but I really I really do want to. But I think I'm going to miss a couple. That's okay. We can try it after. But what a match! Brian Hoyer, Ryan Mallett, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Case. Okay. Um. Anyway, Matt Schaub, the year before, had signed a four year, sixty two million dollar extension. So he was in it for the long haul. First Pro Bowler, uh, quarterback for the Houston Texans. Had Andre Johnson, had just drafted DeAndre Hopkins. The future looked bright. However, Matt Schaub in the 2013 season threw a pick six in four consecutive games. Has that ever happened before? Um, Before that moment, no. One person has matched that in his career, though. His name? Matt Schaub. (laughs) Has he done it twice? I'm almost positive he did it with the Ravens. Uh, and it's it's so unfortunate because I don't know if there's anything in sports quite like a pick six because it goes from, okay, our team has momentum and we're driving down the field to, holy crap, we just gave up seven points just like that. <laughs> it's beautiful uh, if you're on the other side of it. But watching the franchise quarterback, I mean, I would say if you're giving a Dude, four years, 62 mil. That's That's a a franchise quarterback. Surrender four pick sixes in as many games. I cannot tell you. I've pissed off my mom uh, to an extent that I'm not comfortable disclosing. But I don't think I've ever seen my mother as agitated as she was in that moment. And I thought to myself, why do we do this? This is so pointless. I don't want to watch this team anymore. And I got up. And you watch next week. <laughs> and I watched the exact next week. Let's go Texans. But no, that All was four weeks. You had to just watch it. it. But that like, was can't happen again. That was different though, because the first, the first one sucks. The second game, you're like, that's awful. But third and four, it was actually kind of funny. I have to admit, like, because you can't help but laugh. There had to have been prop bets on will he throw another pick. There six. were several restaurants around the United States that did uh, like a shop sandwich uh, where you pick six toppings, which I thought was funny for the first time, but for the 80th time, not nearly as original. That's but really funny, actually. It, the, for, the guy who thought about that uh, deserves a raise immediately. But those are the moments that we both determined 
or I guess made the determination that we would stop uh, watching sports. Yet here we are, years later, still watching sports. Let's take a quick break. So we've gone on the record several times over the last week or two about how we both feel a little out of place or rather we're not feeling up to our best but you know what makes me feel a little bit better honestly and this is kind of sad to admit reading about people who actually have no moral fiber and are complete shit stains on this earth so I thought let's bring back a fan favorite this dude sucks. Andrew, which dude sucks? You want mine first? I do. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm sure on, this is so disappointing because we, we've talked a lot about sports, but I, I think sports really brings a lot of people together. A lot of people like can relate over something that they, even if they have nothing in common. Uh, but this week, uh, I have several this dude sucks, but it's all in one category, and that's Eagles fans. And it's not just because I'm a Cowboys fan, although I do think Eagles fans suck in general. Mm-hmm. But these people are actually bad people. I don't know if you saw it. Um, I'm sure you did. You know Mike Scott. He got traded to the Sixers this year from the Clippers. I do. Uh, wears his nice headband uh, that's now been banned, uh, although I loved it, and I'm sure he's going to wear it again Is anyway. Is that the, the ninja headband? Yeah, the one with the gotcha. straps in the back. Mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, but they said that it's against the rules for whatever reason. Nike said you can't wear it anymore. Uh, or the NBA said you can't wear it anymore. So, um, but anyway, Mike Scott has done great for the Sixers for what his role is. Uh, he's been pretty well liked by the city. Uh, I thought that was interesting to watch because I did follow the Sixers last year as they made this blockbuster trade for Tobias Harris and got Mike Scott with it. Uh, but he decided, and I don't know if it was a troll or if it was just his honest fanhood. Uh, he wore a Redskins jersey to the Eagles game. I don't see anything wrong with that. No. Nope. I think that's fine to be a fan of a different team. Like if I were to move to New York, I'm still going to be a Dallas Cowboys fan, right? But there were several people. He went out to the tailgate that started throwing racial slurs at him and derogatory comments. Are you serious? Just because of his Redskins jersey. And I, I, I think that like, I think it was a troll, to be honest. Like, I think that I don't know if he's actually a Redskins but fan. Who gives a shit? Seriously? And I think that heckling him is fine. But they actually got so far, he got into a physical altercation with four of them on video. And now the 76ers are investigating the incident to see if they need to suspend Mike Scott or do something with it. All because these people were racist toward him for wearing a jersey different than the hometown team. Dude, I know we joke about sports and our fanhood of our certain teams, but if you can't acknowledge that it's just a game, and I understand you can get passionate about it, but to find it appropriate to fling ad hominem racist insults at a dude who plays for your basketball team, no less. You shouldn't do it, period. Right. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I thought that was absolutely insane. And honestly, I think that if the... I think the Sixers can be on the right side of history there if they just not just let it go, but don't do anything to him because he did. He he fought people that were speaking derogatorily toward him for no reason. I just think 
if like I, I definitely heckle Eagles fans. I went to actually I went to the Eagles Cowboys game last year mm-hmm. and we won and it was so fun to just walk down the little spiral uh, and just say it just yelling Cowboys chants and, and purposely yelling them at Eagles fans, but they chose to wear an Eagles fans jersey to there. Yep. I never said anything about them in general, just about how bad the Eagles are. There's a line and the you know, the comments like your team sucks. Foles is a crap quarterback. I don't know who was a quarterback at the Eagles when you saw this game, but just saying this team is trash, you guys suck, go go home, that's funny. That's all fun and games. But when you make it about the fan himself or herself and bring race into it, that's just that's way past the line of anything that should be appropriate. I'm sure alcohol was involved because it's it's Philadelphia. Doesn't excuse it at all. And City if you're the, of brotherly love. Dude, if you're the Sixers... I would. You said maybe just like let this one go, sweep it under the rug. I would honestly, if you wanted to like get some good PR, pursue who these dudes were. Well, and actually, that's what I was about to say. the The best thing is that the the Eagles. Uh, I don't know who runs their stadium. I don't. I don't know. Uh, but they're investigating the individuals that in that started the incident as well. Uh, so that's a good thing. I think they're trying to see if they need to do any kind of bans or anything on them coming to games. But not too little, too late. I think that's exactly the reaction that they need to have on there. Mm-hmm. But I just I can't imagine getting to the point where I'm that upset about someone wearing an Eagles jersey where I would do that. I wouldn't no. do that to anybody for and any if, reason. And if you're Mike Scott and you're playing for these guys because we're in football season, uh, fast forward three months, some of these fans could be sitting courtside at a 76ers game rooting for Mike Scott. If you're him, like you have to think, I'm not playing for these fuckers. Are you serious? That's awful. That's so trash. That is ridiculous. But hopefully it gets resolved. Uh, hopefully those fans are not allowed back at a game. I don't know how they would be, but whatever. Uh, I don't make the rules. That's why I just make a podcast. But this dude sucks. All these dudes suck. All There's several. I think there was four suck. total. That was, and there are four of them fighting him, which is crazy. I don't know. He I might have instigated I, the fight. Uh, honestly. I, I don't hold it against him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't hold it against warranted, him, man. Completely warranted. So these dudes I, suck. That's a, that's a good one. I honestly, a uh, little ashamed to admit this. I had not heard about the story until this point. I feel like I'm pretty in the know. So I'm like genuinely surprised and disappointed. Although it's again, it's Philadelphia. So I'm not. I would like to say I'm surprised. I'm not. Philly fans are so over the top, and they aren't able to I don't know if it's you know I'm gonna be a little bit mean here I don't know if it's a lack of intellect or or whatever there's something in the water but you hear about these stories in Philadelphia all the time there have been films made about this like these fans are so passionate and there's nothing wrong with a passionate fan but when that passion crosses this this line and in sports, I feel like you can push the line a little bit, and like we do it all the time. Like you give me shit about Harden and his supposedly breaking the rules all the time. Well, it is breaking the rules. You well, no, it's not. You make fun of my fandom of the Astros, and that's all in good fun. I get shit all the time, but if you bring something that's basically not even related to the the, the being a fan itself or the the, the sport or the team. Or something that's related to that, but you have to like go off the reservation and bring in race or gender or sexual orientation. 
dude, just stop. Just turn around. Go have another beer or uh, water, actually. Say, Mix in a couple of water, waters. Man. And just stop. You're like, I because I guarantee those four guys were surrounded by a bunch of people who were like, what are these guys doing? Are you fucking serious? And they just ruin it for everybody and they give people bad reputation. And it sucks. Yeah, fuck these guys. I, I think awful. we can all agree that they suck, but... Who is yours? And please tell me it's not sports related. It's anymore. not it's sports been 100% related. Hundred percent sports. N- not sports related. Um, I really saw this story earlier this week, and it made me think of uh, some other stories that you see far too frequently. There was a young man in Ohio who was uh, just minding his own business during lunch. He grabbed his items of choice. And unfortunately, a lunch lady came behind him, grabbed his items off his tray, and put them back. Because this child owed the school an amount of money. And Andrew, I'm, I'm going to hold, hold, hold that thought. Remind me to bring it back here in a second. And they hand him a, uh, a sandwich. And that's being generous. The sandwich was two slices of Wonder Bread and a piece of cheese. The poor kid's lunch, as people call it. The kid goes home, tells his family about everything. He's humiliated, obviously. It's because these are kids. And I remember being 11. And you sort of pick up these slight instances of... uh, Humiliation is very strong, but that is a very humbling experience. And they harp on it. And make these kids like kids are kids are terrible at, at, at their core especially prepubescent teenagers and teenagers themselves they're awful they pick on people they they make each other feel like shit they bring each other down i did it i it happened to me it's just part of life you but bullied people unfortunately i've i bullied one one dude in my entire life and we're actually still friends now. I apologize in high school. Thank you very much. But look, there's a lot of issues with growing up. And in school, there are things that happen. Like you're not wearing clothes that are cool, considered to, cool, to be cool. Your backpack's a little worn down. Your sneakers are, you know, a little busted. Whatever. The fact that a school employee put this kid in the situation and exposed him to this ridicule is trash. Now, Andrew, I'm going to make you guess here. How much did this kid owe the school? I was about to ask, actually, if he owed him how much he owed. Because when I was in high school, or actually, yeah, including high school, middle school, everything, uh, sometimes, like, my mom would just forget to write a check for lunch. Or, like, I didn't remember to bring it with me or to cash it or something like that. And I'd be, you know... Six, seven, ten dollars negative, and they'd be like, "You really got to bring this check, but I'll let this one slide." I had some nice lunch ladies; they're not going to let you not eat, right? Uh, my guess is at least thirty bucks, forty bucks, nine dollars, nine dollars overdue, nine dollars. He was nine dollars in the negative, and this bullshit happened. How much is a school lunch now? Actually, I don't know. It's not like it's not much. He and he was on like subsidized lunch, so he's only paying. I, I don't know exactly how it how much it is. I could ask my mom, and she, we've talked about this, but a couple of bucks, I'd imagine. But in the first place, is it really the kid's fault that 
his parents are behind on a couple of I'd payments. I say it'd be the parents, not not their fault, but like that their situation. That nine have to fucking deal with dollars. Now. And you're not if you're gonna sit there and tell me that these employees and these administrators are not throwing away hundreds of dollars of food a week. I would call you a bold faced liar. That is bullshit. Nine dollars. And you're going to take this kid's lunch off of his tray, put it back, and hand him a poverty sandwich? You know what happens after that? You go sit down, and all the kids are like, ha, ha, Timmy has the poor boy sandwich, ha, 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 ha. And Timmy goes home and tells his parents, and he's crying. The parents feel like shit. The kid feels like shit. It's such a, it's such bullshit. That we find it appropriate that public school employees, and I don't know if it was, I would hope that it was not the lunch lady making this executive decision that she was going to humiliate this young man. But from the articles I've read, that's exactly how it seems because the superintendent said, although she, her first comment was that um, these parents receive multiple notifications about the fact that their you know child owes X amount of money for the lunch program. Uh, so she defended the action first. And I understand there's people out there, uh, certain political demographics say, well, if you didn't pay for the food, you shouldn't have it. Think about that statement. Kid is 11 years old. Well, you know, this is actually like, she definitely sucks. Lunch lady, whatever. There's so many similar stories related to school lunches like that. Like that guy that tried to pay off everyone's and, and they, they said, were just like, no, we won't take your money. It's, it's crazy. Like I know, like public schools are not for profit, so it's not about profit. I don't know what it's about that they're so adamant that specifically these kids pay for their like. If if someone's offering to pay off everyone's lunch, if someone comes into my work and is like, "Yeah, hey, I want to," all right, better example. I go to a bar and I say, "I want to buy everyone a shot." Mm-hmm. The, the bar's not going to be like, "Well, no, everyone needs to pay for their own shots." It's like, exactly. like I just made. I just got all of this. And that's buying a substance that you don't need or anybody in this bar does not necessarily need. Children need food to survive. What a fucking boring dystopia. And dude. I've actually read several people like they, they're the most food that they can get is at school. Like in yeah, the morning, at night, whatever exactly. their households can't afford a ton of it. It's crazy to I, me that someone can watch a child that they see every day and then just be like, no, I'm going to take that from you. What makes this even worse? I just clicked on the link because I linked in our Google document. I was wrong. Kids nine. He's nine years old. Oh my goodness. And what do you, dude, what do you even say? Like you go home and be like, hey, mom, dad, um, I got bullied today. I'm like, oh, why, son? Well, well because you, you guys owe $9 to the school. What are we doing? That's so, that's so freaking sad. But uh, bringing it back around. I don't know who exactly sucks here. If it's the superintendent, the principal, the lunch lady. I think all of these people suck. And the institution itself. The idea that we can take food off of these kids' plates for something that they didn't cause or honestly have any hand in. It's so fucked up, man. It's so sad. It's so sad. And this got way too heavy. And I'm going to bring it back. I I got a lot heavier than Mike Scott, but uh, I agree if that makes you feel any better. But definitely suck. It makes us feel better about the fact that we would never, I would never take food out of a kid's mouth. 
Personally. Uh, I would just let it slide to be I like, wouldn't make, honestly. So, I wouldn't make any racist attacks at a uh, uh, dude wearing Redskins jersey. I think a good example too for this is that like at work now, if someone's like, "Oh, I forgot my wallet," I'm just like, "Hell, take it!" Like Life happens, I, it's a, man. you're having a rough day already. You forgot your wallet. I know you're gonna have to yeah. deal with that the rest of your day, or you're gonna have to drive home and then be late somewhere else. You're an adult that has money because you're shopping at a place that really is more expensive than people that don't have money is gonna, are gonna shop at. Mm-hmm. And I still. I'm not going to be like, oh, or if someone's card is getting declined yeah. repetitively, I'm not going to embarrass them like right, that. Right, exactly. Because, dude, life happens, man. Like, occasionally you don't expect a payment's going to come out of your bank account. And I've, I've been there. You know, I've been grocery shopping and I had to put stuff back. It's humiliating. It's the worst thing ever. But when you have the opportunity to sort of flip the script and say, dude, it's all good. Like, you know, make somebody's day. Be better. Got to be better. All right. I'm going to step off my soapbox here. That got a little too deep. We have a lot of things in the work. Um, Andrew and I have been sort of, I don't want to say slaving away, but we've been working hard at producing you know content regularly, and we're actually going to stick to a Monday-Friday schedule with a little bit of baseball content on Wednesday. Or, like I said, if something happens in the week that's interesting and newsworthy, we'll hop on. Uh, basketball season's fastly, like rapidly approaching, so I feel like we could sort of get some uh, some basketball NBA talk going. But for the time being, what? ultimate goal is going to be to get an NBA player on here. True, I think we can do it. My goal is to have an NBA player on here by December. I'm racking my brain thinking of somebody we could get. Oh, it won't be anyone you've ever heard of. It'll it, it, it won't dead I'm left shrimp. <laughs> but no, seriously. Uh, Mondays and Fridays, look for those podcasts in the the wee hours of the morning. Um, We have a couple of guests coming in, uh, including one who has known Andrew Bobbitt since he was a wee child. Fourth grade. Fourth grade. Back when you were playing the uh, trombone? Trumpet? Trumpet. Trumpet. I didn't play trumpet in fourth grade. We started in <laughs> When six. do we get to release that picture? Uh, oh, I can release that on any pod, but Perfect. I'm excited for it. Will it be our first exploration through the actual mid-20s with him? Uh, mm-hmm. Get to learn a little bit about his story. We have to convince him to stay on and talk basketball with you. Oh, for... absolutely. I'm excited for that. Me too. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we will catch you next time. <laughs>